Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, December the 8th, 2021. So glad to have you guys on as we continue these Advent readings, which are awesome. Uh, I know it's a little, it's not your traditional, typical, you know, Matthew chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 readings. I get it. I understand, um, you know. We talked a little bit yesterday. Everybody, everybody wants a little baby Jesus, and they want the, they want the, the camels, and they want the the little lambs, and some shepherds. And we're gonna get there. We'll get there. But right now, we gotta we gotta work up to Advent. We gotta work through Advent, I should say. And so we're using these readings from a book called Minister's Prayer Book. Doberstein is the editor. Um, I have the older edition of it, the 86, 1986 edition of it. Uh, but I think there are, there is, I know there is a newer edition available. So if you want it, you can definitely get it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Bill and Ann and Rebecca and Trish and a bunch of other people that just jumped on. So glad to have you guys on. So yeah, so our first reading is going to be from Isaiah chapter six. Again, one of my all time favorite passages in the Bible. I love this verse. I love this chapter. It's awesome. It's fire. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Hope everybody's doing good. Middle of the week, man. Hump day. Feels like it. it's my first week back, you know. So, um, that's been good. It's good to be back. Back in the routine. Doesn't take long. Really doesn't. Get back in the groove. Hey, they poured the concrete for our pool. And then yesterday they uh, did the, the pre-grade. So it actually looks like what it's going to look like. So it's getting exciting. Today, they're supposed to drop off the materials, which I don't know what that means, really. Other than um, maybe the tile, the coping, and the, I don't know, pavers. I don't know. I don't know what they're dropping off. It's the materials. I just, when they tell me this stuff, I just, yeah, good. Okay, cool. I don't know what to tell them. I don't really know. <laughs> you ever do that? You're in a conversation. You have no idea what they're talking about. And you're like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I'm on it. I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, some of you like that. That's, that's like most of the day at work, right? Most of the day at work, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I got you. I hear you. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm on it, man. I don't know what he's talking about. Let's do it. Isaiah chapter six, the second week of Advent. Second week of Advent. Yeah. Isaiah chapter six. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne. 
I love this passage because it's set in a time of discouragement. It's like, <laughs> Terry, why do you like that? <laughs> it's a sign of hope during a season of discouragement. Some of you may be in a season of discouragement. Maybe even the holidays may be hard for you this year. Um, Isaiah is speaking to a nation who just lost a beloved leader. King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah died. And, you, and we know from history that Uzziah was an awesome king. He did so many awesome things um, for the people of God. And uh, it was just a very revered and loved king. And he died. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on the throne. So here's the thing. I love this because it's, it's a reminder that um, King Uzziah is not the ultimate king, right? In the year that King Uzziah died, what did, what did Isaiah see? He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Hmm. See, there's somebody above King Uzziah. That God's still in control. Sometimes in our lives when things get shaken, we're like, oh, no, who's in control? I thought, you know, my job, instability in my job, instability in whatever, uh, the government or whatever else is going on. Uh, but it's the Lord. Who's high and lifted up, seated on the throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. That's nice. It's a long train. And train represented in antiquity power. The longer the train, the more power and 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 um wealth and um uh, and um stature. So the train of the robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim each with six wings, they can move around. Uh, with two wings, they covered their faces from, from the holiness of God. Whoa, they hid their face from the holiness of God. God was too holy for them to behold him. So they are flying around. <laughs> They're flying around there with their eyes closed. <laughs> I don't recommend you drive that way. Don't, I mean, keep, no, keep your eyes open your hands off your eyes. But with two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Woo! Did you know that today? There's not a place you can go today where God's glory isn't there. The whole earth is full of his glory. You go to the farthest land, you go to the next bedroom, you go to the front yard, you go across the street, you go to the mall. I know sometimes I don't feel like the glory of the Lord is there. I, yeah, I know that. But the glory of the Lord is everywhere. The whole earth is full of his glory. Mm. So it reminds me of the psalmist who said, the skies declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the work of his hands. You just need to breathe in and see the glory of God. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. They have fog machines. <laughs> that's why That's why we need fog machines at church. That's why you, that way we know when the Holy Ghost gets there. How do you know when the Holy Spirit shows up? Well, with fog machines. When the fog machine and the Holy Spirit's here now. 
Uh, (laughs) Interestingly enough, though, in Orthodox traditions, you know, there's incense. They often have incense. And uh, in Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, go into these Orthodox churches, um, and you will hear one of the first things you'll notice when you go into an Orthodox church is the smell. It's the burning of incense. And for the faithful worshiper, in those in those congregations, they will tell you it's the presence. That's that smell is a reminder of the presence. That's the presence of God. So they uh, they when they when they those incense when you smell them, it's the presence, the presence of God. It's a reminder. We don't in our tradition we don't have that. Sometimes, but the closest we get is uh, fog machines. <laughs> we we fire up the fog machines. That's when we know the Holy Spirit's there. Holy Spirit's there when the fog, fog machine. There it comes. Here comes the Holy Spirit. But anyway, the whole the whole earth was the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me! I cried. Now, isn't that interesting? That's interesting, right? He didn't say wow. He was in the presence of God. He saw these angelic beings. He saw smoke fill the temple. He saw the train of his robe that filled the temple. He saw these seraphim flying around, cut blindfolded. He sees. They're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole temple is shaking from the glory. And he doesn't say, wow. No, you know what he says? He says, woe to me. I'm ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, <laughs> the Lord Almighty. Yes, sir. What does, he, what does he become aware of? He become of the he, he has become aware of the the matchless holiness and power of God. And in light of that reality, he doesn't say wow. He gets on his face before God and says, Whoa, woe is me. I'm a hot mess. I'm a sinful creature in the presence of this most holy one. Man. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you think, what are you going to do? What what do people, what, do you, what would I do if I was in the presence of God? And I'll tell you what you would do without even having to think about it. You'd fall on your face before the Lord. <laughs> you think, what am I going to do? How am I going to prepare to see the Lord? You don't need to prepare because when you, when we stand before the Lord, the first thing you're going to do is just fall on your face before a holy God. Wow. Isaiah's like, I'm ruined. I'm toast, man. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king. See how it's changed? You see how it's changed from verse 1? At the beginning, he says, the king, in the year that King Uzziah died. And here, right here, he says, no, 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 the king is alive and well. (laughs) Yes, sir. The real king is alive and well. So, hey, today, you may be wondering, like, man, Who's in control? My my world's falling apart. Things are upside down. Like, I have no hope. No, hope is very much alive. And his name is Jesus. And he is high and lifted up. Isaiah says, I have seen the king, the king, the Lord Almighty. Thanks be to God. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin 
atoned for. He has that power, man. The Lord God Almighty. Now, this is the gracious kindness of God that he didn't he didn't keep Isaiah uh, just, you know, doubled over under the whole under his holiness, um, just unable to move or speak or be uh, able to be in his presence. But God himself does everything that's necessary so that Isaiah can experience this incredible moment in the presence of God. He he doesn't leave him in a guilt-ridden state. What does he do? He provides a way for his sin, his guilt to be removed. How many, how many of you glad about that, man? How many of you glad about that? How many of you glad that God doesn't, doesn't keep us uh, waffling and, and doubled over under the weight of our guilt and sin? Mm. Mm. I am. But out of grace and mercy, that's a little, that little merciful act of that angel that came and took a coal from the altar and put it on Isaiah's lips and cleansed him. Yes, sir. That's what Jesus did, man. That's what Jesus does. He cleanses us. Get your guilt. What is? Is there a better word? Is there a better phrase? Is there a better? Is there more good news than anywhere than that? Verse. Seven, see, he has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Merry Christmas, everybody. I almost fell over, guys. I'm even lying right there. Like I was I was in a Holy Ghost moment. I almost fell over. This thing right here, the back ain't locked. And I almost went for a tumble. I don't, you can't see this on the podcast, but friends, it was not, I was almost, that, that spiritual moment almost turned into a comedy show right there. Cause I almost, I almost flew right back. That would have been. I was like, "Whoa, hey!" But I'm good now. I'm good now. See, the Lord saved me. Save me. <laughs> Verse eight. Then I heard a loud voice, or heard a voice. I'm sorry, I added words there. I'm sorry. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" And I said, "Here I am. Send me." He said, "Go. Tell this people." Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of the people calloused. Make their eyes dull and their clo- and close their eyes. I do that most Sundays. I have this ability to close people's eyes. It's like, hey, wait, hey, back there. Your eyes is closed. I get preaching and I start closing. I don't know. I don't know. It's a gift. It's a gift. But you know what's uh you know what's what's powerful and poignant to me about this passage and this this calling of Isaiah. This is Isaiah's prophetic calling here. You know, he's getting called to the prophetic uh office. And um and he says, Here I am, send me. <clears throat> did you did you notice already? Um so he says, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, Lord? So what God tells Isaiah is your ministry, you see, this challenges every notion we have of success, uh, particularly ministerial success or, or, or success in the kingdom. God just tells Isaiah, and I think we would all agree Isaiah was a success since uh, like we hold, we hold, he's in the word of God. But his ministry was what? It was going to be, quote unquote, ineffective in causing the people to repent. 
they they would they would hear, but they wouldn't listen. They would uh, their their hearts would become calloused. But it th- but but was Isaiah successful? He's successful if he was faithful to what God called him to do. We are we are are so caught up in results, you know, and we 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 judge success by results. Um, and there's some value to that in the world we live in, for sure. But in when it comes to spiritual things, you can't always judge success by outward results, because sometimes you just have you, part of what we're called to do is just till hard soil, <laughs> and the goal and the result of tilling hard soil is just getting the soil to turn over, much less of a harvest. I mean, I just got to get the soil turned over. And that's what Isaiah is called. He said, I'm, you're just called to try to turn over this hardened soil. And so, God, I want to encourage you today. Some of you, like you, you're, maybe there's someone you're trying to share your faith with, or maybe there's a, a situation where you're trying to, you know, be a witness for God. And you're like, man, what is, am I even being a success in this? If you are being faithful to the calling that God has placed on your heart, you are being successful. Many of you know my story in ministry. There have been years that were hard, very, very hard and painful. In those moments, was I successful? If I was being faithful. <laughs> if you looked at it from the outside, you're like, no, he's a failure. Like, what a joke. What a joke. What a abysmal failure he is. And I felt like it. But it's passages like this in the word of God that reminded me, wait, 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 Terry. My notion of success is not the world's notion of success, says the Lord. My notion of success is, did you hear my voice and did you say yes? And if you did that, that's success. You leave the results to me because you have no idea what I'm doing in the hearts of men and women. You have no idea what I'm doing, going to do down the road. You have no idea beyond the immediate what's going on around you. So your, your job is to be faithful. And honestly, God, guys, I wish I could say that people will always accept that. (laughs) People will always honor that. They won't. People won't always honor that. For some people, that's not going to be enough. That's going to be enough. I don't want because because they think of they think of uh, they think in terms of worldly things. And so faithfulness to God is not enough. We need to see results. Um, But when it comes to the Lord, this reminds us, hey. You just got to be faithful. It's got to be faithful. And sometimes it's hard. And so Isaiah asked what we always, what we would often ask, how long, Lord? <laughs> like, how long has it got to be hard uh, until the end? <laughs> That's what he says. That's what he says. Watch this. Verse 11. Then for how long, Lord? How long do I have to, how long does it have to be hard until the cities that lie in ruin? How long do you have? Here's a question. How long do you have to be faithful? And how long is it going to be hard? The answer to both is to the end. Mm. Till the end. For how long, Lord, he answered, until the cities lie in ruin and without inhabitant, until the houses are left uh, deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as a terebinth, an oak, leaves stumps when they are cut down, see the holy seed will be the stump in the land. Mm, 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 mm. 
That's grace, man. That's God's got a plan. Even though everything's destroyed, he's saying, keep keep an eye out. Look, you may be looking in, you may be looking at a wasteland right now in an area of your life. Maybe it's a relational area of your life, maybe it's your financial area of your life, maybe whatever. Could be your spiritual life. Look for the stump. Where's the stump? Where's that stump? Where's that seed of promise? That's what he's saying. He's like, the, the land of Israel, you stay faithful to the land of Israel is just level till it's just under, until their cities are ruined, to the to the fields are ruined. He says, but let me tell you something, keep an eye on the stump. Woo! Keep an eye on the stump. Because the stump, from that stump is going to come my promise. From that stump is going to come restoration and redemption and renewal. Mm, there's always a stump, man. Because the whole earth is full of his glory. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Let's let's read on. We're getting we getting this is going long, man. We got to read on. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one, verses one through twelve. Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, the father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so. Because your faith is growing more and more and the love of all of see right there, man. That's it. That's what that's what matters. Can you always see that? No. But he's saying, I rejoice because your faith is growing more and more and the love that you have for one another is increasing. That's faithfulness. That's the reward of faithfulness. That's the that's the fruit of faithfulness. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all persecutions and trials. You are under. Mm. Let me read that again slowly. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. That is success. If you can endure persecution and you can endure trials and you still um, have your heart and your eyes fixed on the Lord <clears throat> and your faith is still increasing and your love for others is still increasing, friends, that's success. You are winning. You are winning. Perseverance is spiritual fruit. <laughs> All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. Oh, thanks thanks be to God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> He's going to pay back those who trouble you. I'm going to trouble those who trouble you. Oh, oh thanks be. <laughs> uh, and give grief to those who trouble you. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from him. Oh, we got to wait till the end, though. Mm. When, when, when is that going to happen? It ain't going to happen till the end, guys. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from the heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out of the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on that day. So the unrighteous are not going to experience what Isaiah experienced. And Isaiah saw the presence of the Lord and the glory of his, the Lord filled the temple. And he was, you know, uh, in the presence of the Lord and the Lord re removed his guilt and he was able to have a have, communicate with the Lord. The unrighteous won't have that privilege. Mm -mm -mm. They'll be in the presence of the Lord and they'll be ridden with guilt, but there will be no relief. There'll be destruction. This includes you because you believed our testimony about uh, because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he might bring to fruition 
your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this that we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. A lot of theme, a big theme here in about fruition, right? About success, about what matters and what doesn't. Mm, I love it. Commitment, enduring persecution. I mean, you know, and I think, I think sometimes when we look, when we see, when we're in heaven and we're with all the Christians throughout all the ages, I think the greatest spiritual fruit will be those who are willing to endure persecution. That's that's success, guys. It's not the one who built the big church. It's not the one who had the big following. The most successful believers will be those who can stay say, say you know what? I served Jesus, and I served him in the, in, in the face of insurmountable persecution. I gave my very life for him. That's success, man. Mm, that's success. So those of you that have gone through persecution and hardship in life, and you continue to follow Christ, you continue to love him, continue to give your life to him and stand for him, that's success. That's success. Yes. All right, let's read, let's read the gospel. John chapter 7. Let's wrap this up. I love this. I hate to go fast through this passage, but we're running out of time. Um. Chapter 8, they came, they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, uh, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. But now what do you say? I say, what were you doing watching? <laughs> That's not what he said. <laughs> That's not what he said. I'm just seeing if y'all paying attention. I'm seeing if y'all paying attention. That's all. I'm seeing if y'all are paying attention. Some of you guys just dropped your coffee right there. You're like, what? What did he say? <laughs> um, now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first. Until only Jesus was left. This is so powerful, man. This is so powerful. Like Jesus is the only one who's without sin. He's the only one who can start the execution. And once he starts, they can all join in. But he's the only one that is without sin. And it says only Jesus was left. So you got Jesus, the sinless one, who's looking eye to eye with this sinful woman. And Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Wow. Has no one condemned you? No one, sir then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. 
that's that's our savior man that's 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 the lord who had every right to condemn but instead gave his life as a sacrifice so that our guilt could be removed you see that beautiful thread through all of those passages that message there's a that beautiful thread about what's what is true faithfulness what is true success in the kingdom that thread about the holiness of god and that we're all guilty you know we are all the sinful woman who's standing in the presence of jesus and jesus could condemn us but he chooses not to he says i forgive you now go and sin no more leave your life of sin live for the kingdom mm, love it all right, guys, thanks so much for being a part of it today. We went a little long. Let's pray. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the promise uh, of forgiveness that we can be guilt-free, that uh, though our sins were like scarlet, they can be white as snow. Though they are like crimson, they can be made like wool. And Lord, we thank you that you are the one who takes away our sin. You are the, the, the coal from the altar that touches our lips, that removes our sin and our guilt. You are, Lord Jesus. You are that. You atone for our sin. We thank you for that. We acknowledge that. We thank you for the life that you've given us in your kingdom. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray that they're encouraged and blessed and that they feel your presence around them, that they look around today and they see the glory of the Lord. And if they're in desert places, they would look for the stump to see where the Lord, where you are at work and about to bring forth promise. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. We love you. We are honored to be your children, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I hope it was meaningful to you and helpful. Thank you for sharing it, commenting. All your feedback is always appreciated. You can always reach to me, reach out to me about the podcast at Pastor Terry uh, at Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com, Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. You guys have a great day. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.